Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 9, verses 1 through 14. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turned back, they stumbled and perished before you. For you have maintained my just cause. You have sat on the throne giving righteous judgment. You have rebuked the nations. You have destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. The enemies have vanished in everlasting ruins. Their cities you have rooted out. The very memory of them has perished. But the Lord sits enthroned forever. She has established her throne for judgment. She judges the world with righteousness. She judges the peoples with equity. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Sing praises to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Declare his deeds among the peoples. For she who avenges blood is mindful of them. She does not forget the cry of the afflicted. Be gracious to me, O Lord. See what I suffer from those who hate me. You are the one who lifts me up from the gates of death, so that I may recount all your praises, and in the gates of daughter Zion rejoice in your deliverance. Job chapter 16, verses 1 through 21. Then Job answered, I've heard many such things. Miserable comforters you all are. Have windy words no limit? Or what provokes you to keep talking? I also could talk as you do, if you were in my place. I could join words together against you and shake my head at you. I could encourage you with my mouth, and the solace of my lips would assuage your pain. If I speak, my pain is not assuaged, and if I forbear, how much of it leaves me? Surely now God has worn me out. He has made desolate all my company, and he has shriveled me up, which is a witness against me. My leanness has risen up against me, and it testifies to my face. He has torn me in his wrath and hated me. He has gnashed his teeth at me. My adversary sharpens his eyes against me. They have gaped at me with their mouths. They have struck me violently insolently on the cheek, they mass themselves together against me. God gives me up to the ungodly and casts me into the hands of the wicked. I was at ease, and he broke me in two. He seized me by the neck and dashed me to pieces. He set me up as his target. His archers surround me. He slashes open my kidneys and shows no mercy. He pours out my gall on the ground. He bursts, open, he bursts upon me again and again. He rushes at me like a warrior. I have sewn sackcloth upon my skin and have laid my strength in the dust. My face is red with weeping, and deep darkness is on my eyelids. Though there is no violence in my hands, and my prayer is pure. O earth, do not cover my blood. Let my outcry find no resting place. Even now, in fact, my witness is in heaven, and he that vouches for me is on high. My friends scorn me. My eyes pour out tears to God, so that he would that he would maintain the right of a mortal with God, 
as one does for a neighbor. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, verses 45 through 51. Who then is the faithful and wise slave whom his master has put in charge of his household to give the other slaves their allowance of food at the proper time? Blessed is that slave whom his master will find at work when he arrives. Truly, I tell you, he will put that one in charge of all his possessions. But that wicked slave says to himself, My master is delayed, and he begins to beat his fellow slaves and eats and drinks with drunkards. So the master of that slave will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour that he does not know. He will cut him in pieces and put him with the hypocrites, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Good morning and welcome to the 25th Wednesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from uh, North Yarmouth, Maine. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 9, Job 16, and Matthew 24. Um, I always really appreciate Job. Um, and uh, the the selection that we have this morning, Job is begins by telling his friends like, you're full of hot air, and would you like, if if I were to tell you the things you're telling me, if you were in my position? Um, and he was, you know, the picture of wealth and privilege and and contentment. Uh, he had a big family, lots of money and flocks, and then one day, uh, the devil or um, the accuser is actually where we get the the accuser thing in the Bible. The accuser is strolling by and God says, hey, have you heard of my man Job? And the devil's like, yeah, but he only likes you because you give him shit. And God's like, nope, uh uh-uh, it's not true. And so they start a bet. Um, And it seems kind of messed up. Um, But so God says, uh, you know, you can take everything away from him, but just don't touch him himself, his body, uh, I think at first. Just don't kill him. And so he takes away his family, takes away his wealth. And the bet is, will Job curse God? And cursing is a specific thing. It's, it's in the context of Job um, and in like the ancient Near East, it's saying, it's not saying, fuck you, God. God doesn't exist. I'm out. Um, and so the devil thinks that he can take away Job's stuff. Um, and that is the, the bedrock of his, of his faith. And God, which is weird because God is supposed to know everything. But again, it's just a story. Um, he's, uh, he starts doing so. And sure enough, Job gets pretty flustered. Um, even his wife is like, look, just curse God. Um, and be done with it. Like, clearly God's doing this to you, um, which is kind of like half true. Anyway, in 16, so he opens up by talking to his friends who are coming to quote unquote console him, which they're not really doing all that well. And they're essentially saying what his wife says as well is like, look, you brought this on yourself, or I'm sorry, no, they take a different tack. Um, Job's friends say, um, you brought this you know, you did something wrong. And so repent of it and, you know, be done with it. And Job says, I haven't done anything wrong. You know, I've, 
I've done all the sacrifices. I make sure my kids do all kids do all the sacrifices. And so for much of this selection, chapter 16, we get him lamenting. It comes close to cursing, but it, it doesn't veer in that direction. Um, he, he kind of cries out saying, you know, my enemies are surrounding me. They are gaping at me with their mouths. Um, and then even God, uh, Job is unhappy with. He says that God has given him up to the ungodly and casts him into the hands of the wicked. And then he's, he, he realizes I was at ease and God broke me in two. He seized me by the neck and dashed me to pieces. Um, and <laughs> he set me up as his target and his archers surround me. It's almost like a Tom and Jerry show or like Wiley e. Coyote where like everything that you can think of the person's doing um, and it gets like creative. So Job is like, God's grabbed me by the neck, thrown me against his target and had his archers surround me. Um, but he doesn't curse God. He, what he's doing is, is articulating what he understands is going on, giving meaning to what's happening, not to justify it, um, but to lament, to cry, to, to, to speak it out loud so that he knows what's going on and, and he knows that other people, um, know what's going on. Um, and it's not until the very end where he says, um, you know, he, he then he feels like God isn't listening. So he says, Oh, earth, do not cover my blood. Basically, don't let me die and be buried. Um, and don't let my, my outcry find no resting place. Um, and he knows that God vouches for him, but his friends scorn him and he's pouring his eyes, or I'm sorry, his eye pours tears out to God that he would remain, he would maintain the right of a mortal with God as one does for a neighbor. And so at the very end, he's reminding God and asking God to be the kind of God that God has always been. And that is the kind of God that maintains relationships with mortals who has no reason to, um, but who, who does, because that's the kind of God that God is. Um, in the ancient Near East, this was probably written during the Babylonian um, exile, and gods were very different, Hellenistic gods, you know, um, uh, Greek gods, and kind of their, their offspring in the, uh, around the Mediterranean, and other gods as well. It was this tit-for-tat, like, gods didn't really care for humans, but if humans gave them shit, attention, sacrifices, whatever, then the gods would be like, okay, here's a little, here's a pittance for your time. <laughs> um, but, but Job's God is not like that. Job's God um, feels for people, for things, not like the things that this God apparently has created. Um, this is what Job means when he says that God maintains the right of a mortal um, with God. Just as one does for a neighbor. Um, you know, not only are we just kind of in this together and sitting right next to each other, but God is is our creator. God made us, and contrary to what the Babylonian creation legend tells us, our God, or Job's God, is um, is different. It's not violent. The, the, the birth of all things that are was not created by, you know, 
Marduk being split in two by her offspring and her blood creating the earth and all kinds of other shit. Um, Job's God um, merely had to speak things into being. And when God created mortals, human beings, um, he called them good. And so this, this stands at a stark contrast to the God that would do the things that God seems to be doing to Job. Um, but that still isn't enough to send Job into a rage and, and curse God and, and say that God is worthless and doesn't exist and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and Job is the epitome of what it means to be hardy um, and also, I think, uh, humble. Uh, Job has taken everything that ha that the devil has dished out and is able to, you know, keep walking, basically. Um, it hasn't um, been easy with friends that don't get it, but he still does it. It isn't easy with a wife who encourages him to give up uh, because he doesn't. Um, but this is, uh, Job is, you know, the, the shining example of what I have in mind when I think of hardiness, when I think of what it means to be a grunt, um, that they are able to take a beating and keep ticking. Uh, they don't have to be flashy. They don't have to be, like, super smart. They just have to get back up when they're down. Um, and that's what Job shows us here. Um, and to the very end, I mean, 16 is kind of in the middle of Job. Um, but even at the end of this selection, he still acknowledges that his eye pours out tears to God and he asks God, you know, let's let's go back to what we had. Um, let's go back to maintaining our rights with one another. Um, even though you don't have to because you're God, um, but let's be neighbors again. Let's um, let's get back to what we had and um, and return to the relationship, uh, the right relationship that, that we both know we had. Um, so they, Job is, is one really good example of, of hardiness, but um, I think uh, we know what it's like to be beaten down into um, the difficulty with, in getting back up, uh, whether that's on a road march or field problem or combat. Um, the, the difficulty of seeing everything happen around us and wanting to blame God um, it doesn't really accomplish anything. Um, God, well, not in Job's case, well, he does, but um, God allows it. Uh, we see time and time again that, that God allows um, God's people to, you know, kind of yell at God and be upset at God, and God certainly does that back. Um, but um, the, 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 the beauty of our faith, I suppose, certainly the Christian faith, is that it's centered on um, this person who took all the beatings, all the way to death, um, and still couldn't be kept down. And I think that's um, that's the good news uh, for grunts, is that when you've taken all that you think you can take, um, maybe you have that firearm you know, sticking in the roof of your mouth or something, um, you can get back up. You can uh, stand back up on your own two feet, and and God will have your back. Um, there's no there's no pain that you're feeling that God hasn't already felt God's self. Um, that you have you're in good company 
um, even if you think you're alone. Um, there are others around you um, who aren't like Job's friends, who don't insist that it's your fault and uh, stop maintaining this illusion that you haven't done something wrong. We've all done something wrong, but it often isn't what others tell us that we've done wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, Job is just this incredible character um, who if you, you know, if you sit with him long enough, as his friends did at the beginning, sit in silence with him and, and allow him to, um, to be our guide in, in times of loneliness and heartbreak, um, Job is, is a, a wonderful companion because he shows us that our greatest companion, um, who doesn't leave our side, who is there through all of it, is sitting right there beside us. And that, that, that person, that, that thing is God. Proper 28 from the Book of Common Prayer. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, Always family. Semper Familia.